0: We are going to continue in our Christmas preparation as we continue to seek the face of God and also listen to his word to prepare us in this season so that as we celebrate, we do not celebrate like people without understanding. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders, We bless you because the entrance of your word brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word is a lamb unto our feet and a light unto our path. We give you praise because your word cannot come and go back void because it has a purpose to be accomplished. Bless us this morning and meet us at the point of our need In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm so glad to have all of you this morning in the house of God. It's always a privilege to share God's word and to be in God's house. Hallelujah. Today I'll be talking to you on the topic, making Christmas meaningful. Making Christmas meaningful. I already explained to you last week from where we got, uh, when we when were celebrating Christmas, what Christmas is all about. And I established to you last week that Christ was not born on the 25th of December. And I gave you the history of where 25th of December came from. And just to summarize, I told you that 25th of this December came from when the Roman Catholic Church proclaimed Christianity to be the official religion of the Roman, uh, Roman Empire. Then they brought 25th of December, which was a celebration of the Son God, to be the celebration of the birth of Christ. And like I said... The, the celebration started from a man called Nimrod. When uh, Noah had three sons, one was called Ham. Ham gave birth to a son, to a descendant called Cush. And then Cush got married to a lady called Semiramis. And when Cush was killed, uh, Semiramis became pregnant. And Semiramis said that it was it was the son God that impregnated her, and she gave birth to a son called Tammuz. Tammuz was born on the 25th of December. And so Tammuz grew up, became very strong, proclaimed himself as God. So he was worshipped throughout the Babylonian Empire. Until when the Roman Empire took over and proclaimed Christianity to, to, Christianity to be the official religion. Then, instead of celebrating the birthday of Tammuz, who is a sun god, they transferred it to be the birthday of Christ. I also told you where the Christmas tree came from. When Nimrod, the father of Tammuz, was killed, the evergreen tree grew on the same spot when Nimrod was killed. So the people who put these evergreen trees in their houses to celebrate the ever-presence of Nimrod. So it was a pagan practice that was transferred into the Roman Empire, which is today continued to be practiced even in our churches. So just to let you know where the Christmas tree came from, it is not in the Bible, it was a pagan practice. I will also tell you where Santa Claus came from. Santa Claus is a picture painted of a bishop in the 4th century who was called St. Nicholas, it is said that St. Nicholas was the oldest son of his parents. And when his parents died, he inherited everything his parents had. And he would come secretly in the night and give gifts to the poor because he was very rich. And he did, not, he did not want to be celebrated for the gifts the charity was doing. So he would come secretly in the night and give those gifts. Because Nicholas was very, very generous. Nicholas was venerated and almost celebrated as a god. So Nicholas was painted as a god who flew on a horse with eight legs, came in the night and gave gifts to children. And in 1822, a New York uh, uh, teacher of Greek philosophy called Clement Clark wrote a poem about the night before Christmas. And in this this poem, he painted St. Nicholas. Instead of having uh, been on a horse with eight legs, he painted St. Nicholas to wear a red suit with a beard and with a pipe, and he rode on a on a on a chariot that was pulled by eight reindeers. and each of those reindeer had gifts for the children. And then he said that he put he, 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 he descends this gift through the chimneys, and then he filled the socks of the children. That is where Santa Claus came from. So there is nothing biblical about Santa Claus. I'm not saying that I'm condemning anything. I'm just giving you the information so that whatever you do with it is your choice. The Bible says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." And so the confusion and excitement about Christmas is the reason why we have to take time to explain so that people do not celebrate with ignorance. I was just thinking about it this morning, like, when Jesus was born, the wise men brought gifts to Jesus. But today we give gifts to ourselves. It's no longer about Jesus. It's about exchanging gifts in families. People do not bring gifts to honor the king that is born. They bring gifts to family. They bring gifts to themselves. They do not focus on the one that has a birthday. And I said this uh, on Wednesday, and I said, if I was having a birthday, and I said, my birthday is going to be maybe at Fairfax in this location, and then all of you brought gifts in boxes, I mean, gift cards, then instead of giving me the gift, you gave the gift to an old colleague from your job. Would that make sense? And that is exactly what we are doing today. We bring gifts, and instead of giving it to the king, the man we are celebrating his birthday, we give it to our sons, we give it to our daughters. We we have completely forgotten the reason why we are celebrating Christmas. And then the second thing about the confusion about Christmas is people who have no relationship with Christ are those who are most excited about Christmas. As I drive through, through the streets in Vienna in the night, you need to drive through Vienna in the night and see how beautiful the neighborhood is. People can spend a fortune to decorate their houses with Christmas. These are people who just switch from Halloween to Christmas. Right. For them, it's just a holiday. It has nothing to do with Christ. And there are Christians who also continue in this notion, just thinking this is a regular holiday. If we are going to celebrate Christmas in the way that glorifies God, we have to do it in a way that God will say, wow, my people are truly honoring me. That is what we have to make Christmas meaningful. Hallelujah. We have to, make it, we have to shift back the reason to celebrating Christmas, we have to make it reasonable to us as a people who understand exactly what Christmas is. Going back to the text that we read this morning, the Bible says, unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. This statement is very significant because everybody was born to be a child. There was, every one of us in this place was once a child, but not everyone grew to become the son of God. That is the difference. Everyone became a child. That's why he said, unto us, a child is born. But unto us, a son is given. Not everyone is given as a son. Everyone is a child that is born. But only one grew up to become the son of God. That is why Christmas is special and Christmas is meaningful. Because it is not just a child. So people who are celebrating Christmas and having a little baby in a manger and waving and having all these uh, wise men coming to give gifts to a baby, they have completely missed the reason for Christmas. Because Christmas is not about a child. Christmas is about the son that was given. Hallelujah. Amen. Christmas is not about a baby in diapers. Christmas is about the son of God that is sitting upon the throne, reigning on our behalf and making intercession for us before God. That is Christmas. The Bible said the government will be upon his shoulders. He did not just come to be a child. He came to take over governments. He came to be in control. So until Jesus is governing your life, you are not celebrating Christmas. Mm -hmm. Until the government of your life is upon the shoulders of Jesus, you don't have a part in Christmas. Making Christmas meaningful is giving the government of your life to Jesus. Say, oh God, govern my life from today. I give you everything. That is what makes Christmas meaningful the government will be upon his shoulders. And understand that Jesus did not come to take over physical governments. He did not come to be the president of the United States. And that is the reason why when Jesus came on the earth, many of his disciples did not understand exactly what was his mission. That is why even when he resurrected and reappeared to his disciples, one of the questions that his disciples asked him, is, Master, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? Because in their minds, they understood that The Messiah was going to come, he was going to be a powerful man that would overthrow the Romans and give independence to the Jews. That is why among the disciples, you hear somebody call Simon the Zealot. Zealots were soldiers who were preparing themselves in secret to fight against the Romans. So when Jesus came, Simon the Zealot understood that this is the man that is going to lead us in this battle. So I'm going to join him. So in their minds, they thought that Jesus came to overthrow physical government, but Jesus did not come to take over physical governments. He came to take over government in people's hands. Amen. That is the reason why he came. Amen. So until Jesus is reigning in your heart, you don't have a part in Christmas. Amen. And the Bible says he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. That is why I said that this child that was born was not a baby. He was God. Because all this description is a description of a of God and not of a child. No child can be called wonderful... Can, what does he know to cancel anybody? No child can be called mighty God. No child can be called everlasting father. They gave him all this description. And, it, and it, it is funny because wise men from the East who are considered to be astrologers who have no relationship with God were those who were able to perceive the birth of a king and came all the way from the east to worship him. But Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit do not understand that Christmas is about worship. They think Christmas is about lights. They think Christmas is about Santa Claus. They think Christmas is about the Christmas tree. But the wise men understood. They followed the star. The Bible said they came to the place where the child was laid. They did not see a child in diapers. They did not see a child in milk. They saw a king that was born. And the Bible said they worshipped him. And they brought out their gifts and gave to the child. Who do you see Jesus this Christmas? Who do you see Jesus as? Do you see him as a child who needs some formula and some diapers and wipes? Or do you see him as a king that came to change your life? Hallelujah. The wise men understood this. And they came to worship him. In Isaiah chapter 9, before this prophecy was given, it was at that time in the nation of Israel, they were always in captivity. They were always being controlled by nations. They were always being governed by the enemies. And so when this prophecy came, this prophecy is what they call a two-fold prophecy because it was actually fulfilled in the time of Hezekiah the king. He, he actually had a child that was born of a virgin that was called double for female It was pointing to the, 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 the answer of the prayers they prayed at that time and also pointing to something that will come in the future. So, when they gave given this prophecy, in their minds, they understood that they are going to have a new king who is going to take over the government. But little did they know that this part was pointing to a king that will later come, even when Hezekiah is gone. So if we are going to make Christmas meaningful, we have to, number one, understand the reason why Jesus came into the world. If we are going to make it meaningful, because if I come to your house, for example and I've come to do something in your house, maybe I'm sent by the government to help you with your finances, to help you with your school loans, and you don't understand the reason why I came, you will not be able to take advantage of everything I have to offer because you don't know why I'm in your house. Mm -hmm. It's just like, for example, if you were traveling on the plane with the President of the United States and you did not know him, you will not even know what to say to him because you don't know who he is. But imagine that I find myself in the plane and I'm sitting beside in the plane with the president of the United States. And the president said, what can I do for you? Because I know who he is, my request is going to be different. But if I don't know who he is, I may say, well, I don't need anything from you. And this is why I see that all the time I'm a job where I may bring food. And I see somebody that is hungry. And I say, man, you want to share this with me? No, I'm good. I'm good. If they knew, let's say, this was Jesus Christ giving them food they will not deny because they understand that this is not just natural food. It is something much more than just physical food. The reason why people celebrate Christmas the way they celebrate it, the reason why they make Christmas about lights, about trees, about Santa Claus, about exchange of gifts is because they do not understand the reason why Jesus came into the world. Like I said, the Bible says, unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. And in John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, why did God send his Son into the world? God did not send his Son into the world so we can have Christmas nights, and have dreams, and have Santa Claus, and share gifts in families. The Bible says he sent his Son into the world so that we will not perish from our sins. The reason why he came was to redeem us from the curse of the Lord. That is the reason for Christmas. So until you understand exactly why Jesus came into the world, well, we are going to make this about lights, make this about trees, make this about gifts, and not give glory to the one who is being celebrated. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Christ is the climax of God's love manifested to us during Christmas. Christ is the climax of God's love. It is the highest demonstration of God's love towards us. So until we receive Christ and celebrate him during this season, we have rejected the love of God. Christ's birth is God's escape strategy from the penalty of sin. I said Christ's birth is God's escape strategy from the penalty of sin. So the only way I escape from sin is if I receive the one that came to take me out of sin. That is understanding Christmas. Christ's birth is the end of the reign of the devil and his agents for those who understand. Because the Bible says the government will be upon his shoulders. Meaning that when Jesus steps into a, into a place, he takes over the government. If the devil was reigning before, Jesus takes over. So until you understand the reason why he came, the devil is going to continue to be the governor of your life. But when you understand that this is the reason why he came and you submit yourself to him, then your life is governed by Jesus and the devil has no place. That is the reason for Christmas. Number two, if we have to make Christmas meaningful, we have to believe in Jesus. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. that whoever believes. So if we, if we don't believe in Jesus, we are saying that God, you send him in vain. There is no reason why he came, because we don't even really believe in why he came. He's just a child, a baby who needed diapers. That's why his parents were too poor and things like that. He's a regular baby. You know, the reason why the Pharisees could not believe in Jesus is because their son as a regular man. They said, is he not the son of Joseph the carpenter? This boy that grew down the streets that his father was struggling here to pay his school fees, and now he tells us that he's the Messiah. He even has the nerve to say, I am a father, I want. This guy is crazy. And there are people who see Jesus today just as a prophet, just as a founder of a new religion. They do not see him that he's a Messiah who is able to change their lives. We have to believe in him. Amen. We have to believe in Jesus. Not believing in Jesus is saying that his birth means nothing. Not believing in Jesus. Not believing in Jesus is making the birth of Christ like every other birth. He's saying that you are you are a regular child and a regular man. We don't believe in anything extraordinary about you. The man who did who let me tell about a man who was engaged to a woman. There was so much in love. And the, the fiance became sick. And when the fiance became sick, they said she needed a somebody to donate her a kidney. And by coincidence, this guy was a match. And he offered to give the fiancé his kidney. They went, did the surgery and everything, and the lady survived, and the lady was fine. But listen to what happened. After the lady recovered, and the lady was fine, this man, after everything was stable, they were now all in good health, he came to propose to the fiancé officially to say, okay, I want to marry you now. And the lady denied. The lady said, well, I don't believe in you. I don't think that we have a future together. This is a man that offered you one of his kidneys. And now you tell him that you don't believe. If you were the one in that position, that you gave your kidney to a woman that you love, you risked your life for that woman. And then you came after to say, will you marry me? And the lady said, no. How will you feel? Mm -hmm. That is exactly how Jesus feels in Christmas. That he gave his life to people to rescue them from sin. But they deny him whenever an opportunity shows up. Mm -hmm. He sacrificed his life. Not only his kidney. He risks everything. His, his liver, his heart, it's everything for us. But yet, when he proposes to marry us through salvation, people say, no, we don't believe in you. I don't believe I have a future with you. I don't believe you can take care of me. I don't believe you can control my life. So we reject him. That is exactly how Jesus feels. If we have to make Christmas meaningful in this season, we have to truly believe in him. When we talk about belief, there are two kinds of beliefs that is mentioned in the Greek language. The first kind of belief is the belief that the Bible says in James chapter 2. When the Bible says, even the demons believe and tremble. In James 2, 19, it says, "Even the." It says, you, you, you believe in God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. That belief, What does that belief do? Is head knowledge belief. Like you believe something, but it has nothing to do with how you live. You just believe it because maybe... It is a natural thing, but it doesn't really affect the way you live. That's the first kind of belief. And then the second kind of belief, like the belief that is mentioned in John chapter 3, verse 16, is a belief that is called in the Greek, pisteo. Pisteo means to have faith. Pisteo means to entrust. And that belief means that if I believe in what Jesus did for me, it's not, it doesn't only end in my head, it affects the way I live it affects my response towards him. Amen. If I believe in what Jesus did for me, then I obey his word because I believe in him. But if I say I believe in him and I continue to do like I used to do before, I continue to live the way I lived before, it's directly saying that you don't believe in him. It's for example, I used to say that when I, was ma- when I was single, I remember I used to leave the house in the morning sometimes. i go to church for the meeting. From the meeting I go to town, to maybe to attend a, maybe a conference or whatever. Maybe sometimes it's very late for me to come back, I just sleep with a friend. I don't have to call nobody to explain why I'm not coming back home. But when I got married, everything changed. Sometimes while I'm still in that meeting, my phone started ringing. Where are you? Where are you? Now because I'm married and I believe in my marriage, I don't have to live any longer like I used to live when I was single. Amen. Because I believe in my relationship. But if I continue to live the way I lived when I was single, then I'm directly telling my wife that even though you are married to me, I don't believe in giving you any attention. I don't believe in this relationship. If we continue to live the way we live, continue to live in our sins, continue to do the things we did before, continue to disobey the word of God, we are telling Jesus that we don't believe in your birth, we don't believe that you're coming into the world, well, change anything about our lives, so we continue to live the way we want. So if we have to make the birth of Christ meaningful, is we have to believe in him. I'll quote examples about how I've seen people in church, I mean in church in Cameroon, who have deep respect for what their mother said before she died. You see a man that is struggling, and he tells you, I cannot send this child away because before my mother died, my mother told me to take care of this child. So everything about him tells him, send this child away. Even if the child is troubled, the child is disobedient. But because a late mother said, take care of this child. They are willing to honor the word of that mother. Because they believe in their mother. How many of us do take the words of Christ seriously? How many of us do pay attention to all the things he said before he died? So if we have to make Christmas meaningful... We have to believe in him. Hallelujah. This is a season to re-examine our relationship with God. To ask yourself, is Christ truly born in your heart? Do you believe in him? Like I said, believing in him is not just saying, I believe. It's how you live. If you, do, if you do not apply the principles that Christ has prescribed in his word for us to live, you don't believe in him. Until you start living like he wants you to live, you don't believe in him. Now that you understand the reason for Christmas, are you willing to submit everything to him? Are you willing to say, God, take control? Like I said before, until you submit yourself to him and act like you know what he came for, you don't believe in him. Like I said, if he's a if if governor of your life, he governs not just your church going, he governs your marriage, he governs your money, he governs everything about you because some of us, When trouble comes in our relationship, in our marriage, when trouble shows up at our job, we call Jesus. But when it comes to that time to honor him, maybe with our tithes, or to do something that he has commanded us to do, Jesus is not a governor of that section. But when it comes to the trouble in our family, for somebody that is is sick, or a trouble that we have, we want to make him the governor. If he has to be Lord, he has to be Lord of all. Lord over everything. Can we stand on our feet this morning? As we just begin to submit ourselves to you and say, God, we know why you came. We believe in you and we submit ourselves to you this morning. I surrender all to you this morning. Everything about my life, about my finances, about my relationship, about my business, about my family. We just surrender to you this morning. Somebody talk, pray, talk, talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Surrender to Him this morning. Surrender. I know why you came. I know the reason why you were born. And this morning I say I believe. I believe in you God. I believe in you enchant of it. I believe in you king of glory. I believe in you. That is why I submit to you this morning. I submit to you this morning Adonai. I give you all. I give you everything. I give you all that I have. Be the governor of my life. Be the governor of my finances. Be the governor of my marriage. Be the governor of my family. Be the governor of my career. I know you came to save me, to deliver me from the cares of the Lord. And I submit to you this morning. Take glory, Lord. Take honor, Lord.